And it's good to see all of you. I'm glad to see you. Hey, if you've if you're never been here, if you've never filled out a Connect card, it looks like this. It is also in the seat front in, in front of you, seat back in front of you. Uh, fill that out, would you? And it, it's like, it's like you, you probably met somebody at some frequenting place. Nobody ever has ever been to a bar in here, so I can't use that. I can't use like you met somebody at the bar. But if you were in a setting similar to a bar that is not a bar, and you went up and you met somebody, you obviously wouldn't say, hey, what's your address? What, how, you know, how, can, I, can I get your, your mom's name? Your kid's name? How, what's their ages? No, we just kind of keep it simple. What's your name? What's your phone number? How can we connect with you? That, that, that's as simple as we wanted it to be. We didn't want it to be complex. We're not going to show up at your door, shake your hand, say, hey, how you doing? Can we come in and sit down with you, with you for a little while? I know you're busy. We're not going to do all that. We just want to connect with you, get you plugged in of what, what, what is going on here at Thrive Community Church, and that is all you will get, okay? We're not going to harass you. We're just going to let you know it is for information only. Because the reason is I know you want to get plugged in you're here to get plugged in because we all have a part to play in this thing called kingdom of God. And so uh, God has brought you here to this day because he's got a message for you. I truly believe that. We are in a series uh, called What's My Part? What's My Part? And, and you may not realize you have a pretty big part. You may think, well, no, I'm just, I'm just this little guy down here. But no, your, your part is a big part. But part of what, what God is doing holistically in, on the world, in earth, is a huge part. Even though sometimes you may feel like, oh, well, my, my, little, my little bit has no meaning. Yes, it does. It has a great value. And today I'm going to explain to you how great of a value your part actually has. And so we talked last week. We're going we're gonna to be in Ephesians 4. So if you want to go ahead, you guys who like to get ahead and you cheaters, you're like, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go read. I'm not even going to listen to the next thing he says. I'm just going to start reading the chapter. Don't, I will fill you in on what it says. But, but go there. You can check it out on Version. If you go to Version, you find us in the more and the events. You can click on Thrive Community Church and we'll pull up all the notes, the cheat notes. Anybody ever do all their studies on Cliff Notes? Your teacher told you to read a book, but you went and bought the Cliff Notes for that book. Your teacher, yeah, never. Your teacher outsmarted you and she knew the questions. She knew what was in the Cliff Notes and so she asked you questions that were outside of the Cliff Notes, right? That's, she'll, she'll train you. They'll train you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you some things that you saw, but it, it, is, it is beyond Cliff Notes. This is Cliff Notes 2.0, okay? You've seen it. You didn't see what you saw. You didn't know what you saw. But I'm going to bring some highlights to it. But last week, we talked about what my part was. Well, you needed to know my part because you might get confused. A lot of times people are confused. The church is confused. Because if you don't know my part, and if you have my part confused, then you won't know what your part is. You'll continually think, well... Well, your part is actually my part, and then there'll be a lot of confusion. And so I needed to share last week with you of what my true part is in, in the true biblical model of church, of, of what Jesus established. And we'll establish that. We'll show you that. But what Jesus established, not the traditional way of doing church. There's a complete difference. And we got to break out of that model, that, that way of thinking a little bit. But Ephesians 4 tells us the structure of how church is supposed to even be structured, even be built, and even be developed for its growth. And, it, and it's all in there, and it's actually in one long sentence. Can you believe that? In all the verses, in all of Scripture, Jesus breaks it down by, the whole, by, way, of the, by way of the Holy Spirit in one very long sentence. So if, if, if Henderson County is going to be affected 
If we're going to be effective, if the church is going to be effective at all in Henderson County, it's going to be because the saints will be equipped and ready to serve in the ministry. That's the only way Henderson County is going to change. We can sit here and get on Facebook and talk bad about any government official or any business or any situation, any anything on Henderson County now or whatever it is that you're getting your media from, and we can complain, or we could be equipped to do the work of the ministry. And then we can bring the change. Let me show you. Because Ephesians 4, 4 reveals this. It reveals something that many believers have actually never realized. You're going to see it. Now, some gifts, many of you know, some gifts uh, are come from the Holy Spirit. The, the, they're gifts from the Holy Spirit. If you didn't know that, you need to know that. But then there's also some gifts that come directly from Jesus himself. Not everybody knows that. Not everybody knew that when, when the Holy Spirit came, he brought gifts. But then many don't know that when Jesus left, he gave gifts. So let me, let me read that to you in Ephesians 4. And he himself, talking about Jesus, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why did he do that? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The, the, the gifts that Jesus gave, if you'll go back to 11 for me for a little while, are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These are the gifts that when Jesus left, he says, I'm leaving, but I'm going to give you some gifts. He also told us, about, told us about the Holy Spirit who would come, the Comforter. He told us those things, but he also gave us gifts. It does not say that he gave apostles, a gift of apostle to apostles. He gave an apostle, some apostles to the church. He didn't say he gave the gift of prophecy to the church. He says, I gave prophets. The Holy Spirit brought the gift of prophecy. He didn't say, I'm going to give the gift of evangelism. He said, I'm going to give it evangelists. <laughs> same with pastors, same with teachers. And this may sound strange, but you need to know, I don't just have gifts. I'm not saying this arrogantly, but I am a gift. And you can't return me. I didn't come with a receipt. You didn't buy me. I was a grace gift to you. It's my role, my, my call, my job. My part in this whole story is to equip you for the work of ministry. I'm here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And the church era we're coming out of was actually on a decline. Why? Because they took the ministry from the people and gave it to the pastors and the people said, hey, we're just going to watch you do work and we're going to sit back and relax. Yeah. He grew up in that church and very complacent in that church. That church barely even exists. The pastors are tired. Everybody's angry and everybody's frustrated and nobody wants to go. That's why I don't, like, I'm not so sure I can even serve in this church because I think you're going to treat me like that other church. No, we're trying to protect you and equip you and strengthen you so that you can do with endurance, run the race and do your part and serve in the ministry that God has instilled inside of you. But that old model was a church that was out of order. And God is a God of order. 
And the way it works is that I equip you to do the work of the ministry. Ephesians 4.11 shows us a very important key of what Jesus intended. And he himself gave some. It's actually, this word is is said once and repeated three times. Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. What he's saying is, we don't need a whole lot of people just equipping. We need some people. But the most important thing is, we need some saints. We need a whole bunch of saints. We need some equippers, but we need a lot of saints. Because it's the saints that are going to get the work done. It's the saints that are going to bring the change. These guys, these some, this small part people, are actually the ones that are equipping, but it's the saints. It's the saints that are going to make the effect and change the world. I can't drive that home hard enough. It's the saints that the work was taken away from in the past. Who, who do you think's at work there? And now God is trying to restore His structure of church and he's trying to equip the saints for the work of the ministry so that Henderson County can be changed and the world around us can be changed. Because it's only when the saints begin to rise up. So we, don't, we don't need a lot, of, a lot of these guys. But we do need these guys who are called to do this to start doing what they're called to do and start, start equipping some people. We do need some leaders to rise up and start equipping some saints. Sometimes, though, these gifts from Jesus are actually called, as you've probably heard of it, the five-fold ministry. I, I like to say it's really the six-fold ministry. Because without those saints, you got one, two, three, four, five. But without number six, you just got a lot of people talking about things that they're, they're wanting to do and they should do, but they can't do because they don't have the saints to do it. Yes. You need that six-fold. <laughs> you, you need those saints to go marching in. We, we, when the army, here it comes, we were singing that first song, of army rising up, there's an army rising up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who's that army? It's not these guys. Oh, it's that one that, oh, when the saints go march, come on. Who was in, who was in daycare, child care, used to sing that song. Your little teacher had you doing the Jericho march around that classroom. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Come on. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Come on. There you go. You got this. You've got it. But <laughs> you've got it. But we have, we have people proclaiming to be prophets, but they're not equipping any people with prophecy. Well, I'm a prophet. Really? Who are, you, who are you equipping? Your job is not to go and prophesy. Your, your job is to equip prophets to rise up. You equip people to prophesy. Evangelists. Wouldn't it be great if instead of an evangelist coming to town and getting 300 people saved, instead he raised up evangelists who while he was getting 300 people saved, he was training new evangelists in that county or that area so that the work of evangelism could continue. Wouldn't it be great? It's going to take, it's going to take two things. Saints rising up and people to start equipping according to the gift that Jesus gave the church. Got to equip. These offices, are all, all, these offices are to equip each of you to do the work of the ministry. Uh, as, a, as a pastor, I don't do the work of the ministry. I equip you to do the work of the ministry. Last week, I, I don't serve tables. We saw that in Acts 6. The apostles said, wait, why should we leave the word of God to come and serve tables? So, select seven men of wisdom 
that are, that are able, that are, that are, sorry, that are responsible, trustworthy, and are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And then we will appoint, he says, we will appoint them to go and do the work of the ministry, to, to serve tables. However, when I go out of the church and my normal routine within the church, I'm a servant. I'm a saint. I go out to do the work of the ministry. Inside the church, I'm equipping you to do the work of the ministry. When I step out and I'm stepping out of my role here as a pastor or whatever this is, I'm in here, then I go and do, a, I, I go do sainthood. I go, I go serve. I go lead people. to. I, I go get, give people an encounter with Christ. Not as a pastor. I do it because that's who I'm supposed, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go out. Inside, I'm equipping you. Recently, I led a, girl, a young lady uh, to Christ. I didn't do it as a pastor. I did it as a saint. You know what I know? Because I didn't tell her about all the training that I have to be a pastor. I just discipled her about what it means to love Jesus and live a life in obedience towards Jesus. That's just because I've learned that as a saint. I'm, I'm trying to drive this difference home. You need to know. And how, how do you become equipped for the work of the ministry? I'm going to give you three things so that you know Here's how I can become equipped because according to Ephesians, I'm supposed to be equipped because I'm a saint. And again, like I said last week, I know you're a saint because you're here at 9 a.m. <laughs> Everybody else is wondering, when are, you going to be, when are you going to start church at 1045 and 11? When the saints start doing their job, we're going to go to, we're going to, go to 11 o'clock. We're going to be ready for 11, all right? <laughs> there you go. If you want to get here late, start doing something. Uh, so... <laughs> I'm going to give you three things, and, I, and I'm, I'm only giving you three things because guys can only keep up with three things. Uh, women, I could have, probably could have done nine or ten. Y'all would have taken it and ran with it, but to be fair, we're going to keep it down to three. I hope to not frustrate any of you ladies. I know y'all get stuff done. But number one, the number one thing you need is to be available. You just need to be available. This is going to set you free, in fact. God is not looking for ability. I just feel people getting set free all over this place, and they're, they're confused. What do you mean? Yes, they are. yes, He is. God is not looking for people with ability. God is looking for people with availability so that He can give them His ability. God doesn't want to use your ability. He wants to fill you up with His ability. Remember last week we talked about Moses. When he finally laid down his rod, he picked up something. He laid something down that was natural, but he picked up something that was supernatural. That rod, though he knew how to use it, he was well acquainted with it for 40 years. It then, at that point, became the rod of God. Now he started living off of God's abilities. God doesn't need your abilities. He's got plenty of abilities. In fact, he's got all of the abilities. In fact, let me tell you this, newsflash... This is going to shock many of you. I'm not that amazing. It, it's, it's true. It's true. No, Pastor Nathan, you, you know, no, it's true. Listen, you got to believe me. Trust me there. Trust me. But what I am is available. I made myself available to God to use according to however he chose to use me. And I've seen God do some great things through me. And I'm just getting started. But it didn't start because I had a bunch of ability. I promise you that. I can show you <laughs> my life is because I decided I'm done doing it my way and I'm ready to find and discover what it means to do it his way Good. and I made myself available and when I did when I laid it all down it's like when I'm worshiping 
And, I, and I'm in the pride. I feel the presence of God enter the room. I, and I know He's omnipresent, but there's a manifest presence of God that enters into a place. When you honor Him, He, he just, he, when you enthrone Him with His praises, He just comes down and sits on you. So when I go down on my knees, I'm not trying to show off. Guess what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to get rid of me. I come into this building just like you do, but I, I'm, I've got me in me, and I've got to get me out of me so I can get Him in me so I can deliver Him to you. Do you understand? And so to go low, the only way to go up is to go low. You, you want to go up there, you just, you just better drop it. You better go low because he will do great things through you. He wants to do great things through you. He'll do the same and even greater things through you. But you've got to be available. You've got to make yourself available so he can put his ability into you. Again, it's not the water hose. It's the water. It's the conduit. It's not the extension cord. It's the power that flows through the extension cord. Just a vessel. He just needs some vessels that are willing and available and, and just willing to be used for His glory, His purposes. Look at this, 2 Timothy 2, 2. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Boy, I'm about to set some of you from free. I'm about to wipe a windshield of bondage and old thinking off of your head. You ready for the traditional way of thinking to go away in Jesus' name? Come on. Here it is. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You didn't see anything right there, but I'm, I'm about to pull a, pull a fast one on you. I'm about to show you what this really means. I'm going to remind you of what we were been taught that this means. But to get us there, August, 20, August 2nd through 22, we're going to take 2 Timothy 2.2 and we're going to pray that over our church that God will just start raising up. I mean Henderson County. Forget it. That God will just start raising up people, faithful men and women, by the way. That word is useful in, as men and women, depending on the context Men and women who will be able, if you'll go back, if you'll go back to, there you go, will be able to teach others also. That's our prayer point. You got, what's your 21 days of prayer point? That one. Two, 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 from August two to 22. We're just trying to get that one thing in. If we can just get that one thing, change will start to take place. But I want to repeat this verse. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also, who will be. doesn't say who are. Because the church did this. We reversed it in the past. Oh, the question was, well, are they able to teach? Well, not, no, they're not able to teach. Nobody's equipped them. Oh, they haven't gone through seminary and they haven't got their theology do doctrine down? No, but they're faithful. And if you'll spend a little time with them, equipping them, they will be. You see it? You were taught, and the, tra the traditional church was, they have to be able currently, and hopefully one day they'll be faithful. I know it because I was raised in it. How many times was, it, was, that, was I sitting around leaders asking this, hearing this, well, are they able to teach right now? No, nobody's, nobody's spent the time to teach them. Nobody's equipped them. Why? Because the church wasn't equipping. It was dumping things on leadership and hoping that they'll get all the work done. Saints trying to rise up. Then the leader's like, well, you, are, you, are you ready to lead yet? Well, no. Would you, would you help them to be able? Yeah. Faithful men who will be able. Faithful doesn't mean perfect. 
Every individual make mistake, makes mistakes, but are they willing to get up when they fall? Are they willing to stand back up? You, you know how the Bible decide, this, uh, defines faithfulness? They get back up after they fall. They stay faithful. They don't, they're not perfect. They make mistakes. You make mistakes. We make mistakes. We're human. The disciples, the apostles made mistakes. But they got back up. They stayed faithful. Look at this. Let me, let me define this. Proverbs 24, 16. Let's look at this. For a righteous man may fall seven times. But what's he going to do? He's going to get back up. He, he fell seven times. He's righteous though. How do we know he's righteous? He got back up. He stayed faithful. In other words, righteous is being faithful. And how do I do that? I'm going to make myself available. But we don't, we don't have the people that are making themselves available. So it's hard to find, are they faithful or are they righteous? Are they not? But when you start standing back up, you start, yeah, you start stop beating yourself up for making a mistake, for falling. I'm not talking about intentionally going and sinning. I'm talking about, man, I messed up. I got caught slipping. I didn't have accountability in my life. I wasn't trusting somebody with the stuff in my life. I wasn't going there. But I am going to get back up and I will rise again and I will do it this time. I will do the next step to make my life better. I will be faithful. And that is what God is looking for, who will be, because of their willingness to be equipped, because they made themselves available, they will be able to teach, according to 2 2 2. Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2 2. Can you get a 2 2? So the Bible says that this guy is righteous. And the reason, this is the reason we should all be equipped right here Ephesians 4 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, and that's Christ. You see, the head Christ is sitting here telling us, I need to equip some saints. I'm going to give a gift, some gifts to the church to equip the saints. Why? Because I need them to grow up. I need, I need to grow up, saints. Otherwise, let me say it another way. Because we haven't been equipped, we, have, we haven't grown up in love. We don't speak the truth in love. And we are blown away by, about by every, every wind of doctrine. You've seen those people who are all over the place. You see them. You see them in the church. They, the people who are blown around everywhere who go off on tangents are the people who will not make themselves available to be equipped. I'm giving you some things to see through now. Well, no wonder they're all over the place and they never show up and they're random as all, all get out. They haven't made themselves available to be equipped. And they get blown away by some new thing that blows through the church or outside of the church or whatever it is. It's some doctrine. They're not steadfast. Why? Because they didn't get equipped. They were unavailable. Question is, are you available? But when you're equipped, you grow up in love and you understand what your purpose is. And you work towards that purpose. And you're not blown away by every time something just comes through your life. 
No, I'm steadfast. Here's what I'm doing. Here's where I'm going. Here's where it's going to be. And Lord, I just need you to equip me. I'm going to position myself, make myself available so that I can be prepared for the things that you've called me to because I know where you're taking me. Just like that. So are you available to be equipped? Will you, you'll never be equipped until you make yourself available. My question is, how available are you? How available are you for Thrive Tribes? It's our small groups. How available are you for our Grow Leadership Conference this Tuesday, Wednesday? How available are you to do the work of the ministry? How available are you for our equipping and our training sessions that we have? How available are you? Because you can't say that no one has ever equipped me if you've never made yourself available. Yeah. Well, no one ever did. Did you make yourself available? It's not always the other people's fault. Am I available? Am I available so that God can give me the ability? Am I available for the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, evangelists, and the teachers to equip me for the work of the ministry? Number one, your, issue, your part is to be available. Number two, your part is to be a servant is to be a servant. Now you saw in there, you probably saw an apostleship. That must be like, man, that's the thing to be. Everybody should, man, aspire to be an apostle. If there's a hierarchy, it's apostleship. Let me show you that it's not. There is a high calling. Let me, let me show you consecutively, time after time, what the high calling is. Look at Romans 1.1. 1, 1. It says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Now, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. Do you know why, why Paul became an apostle? He made himself available and became a servant. This is the most important thing he did. And because he did this thing, God said, hey, here's how I'm going to use you now. Here's who he says he is, but here's who, what he, he says I'm called to do this. What's most important is not this. What's most important is he is this. Understand? Look at this, in case you didn't get it there. Philippians 1.1, 1, 1, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ. James 1.1, 1, 1, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ. Jude 1 is the very same thing. And I know a servant is nothing that people aspire to be. I, don't, I know you didn't go through college or work your way up through the workforce and say, I just hope one day I get to be a servant. <sighs> what, are you, what are you going to school for? Uh, I'm ready to be a servant. I want to get, the, I want to get a master's in servanthood. <laughs> no, nope, said nobody ever. Nobody says, I can't wait to just get out of college, get my degree, or work 30 years so that one day when I retire, man, I can be a servant. It's going to be so good. But in the kingdom of God, a servant is the high calling. In the world, you try to see how many people you can get over. That's called success. In the kingdom, it's how many people are over you. That's called success in the kingdom. In the, in the world, the greatest is, well, let's see how many people are serving me. In the kingdom, it's how many people you're serving. Yeah. You see, I get, up, I get up under every one of you. 
Why? Because I am, I am navigating the struggles and the tension and the trials of helping you to equip you to, so that you become all God created you to be. That's I'm serving you to equip you, hoping that one day you'll make yourself available and you'll get the fact that everything that we're doing is simply to equip you to do the work of the ministry. And that's the burden of the high calling that God has given me. And that's how I serve you in the church. That's my role. We discussed that last week. But your role is to be a servant to do the work of the ministry inside the church and outside the church. Because we come in as saints and we go out as saints. There's a role inside. There's a role outside. I've got a role inside. I've got a role outside. I come under each one of you for that very, very same thing. I also am being equipped continually by pastors who are much further ahead of me. They're much further ahead of me in equipping saints, in equipping pastors, in equipping leaders. So I, 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 they come under me and they support me and they build me up and they encourage me and they help remove roadblocks from my life of pastoring and leading a church. And I put myself in humility in, in line with them. I don't understand it all the time. And I'll be honest with you, I don't. But I get, here's when I do understand it, when it works. Dang, I didn't see that coming. It works. Why? Because they've been there. They've gone through it. They understand. They're advanced. They've, they've been equipped. And now they're just trying to equip with the equipping that they've been, they've been blessed with. Jesus didn't come to be served, but, he, but to serve. His serving was equipping the disciples. Look at Mark 9, 33 and 35. Then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what was it you disputed among yourselves on the road? Like he didn't know. Let me tell you, by the way, leadership knows what's going on in their church or their disciples in their group. You start to see it. Jesus knew. Little things that start to shift and change a little bit. Allie the other day said, did you know that? Yes, I knew that. Well, no one ever tell you. I know. I knew. I know how Jesus knew that Judah was who Judas was. He wasn't a surprise to Jesus. You know. You know. But they kept silent, for, an, for on the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. And he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. And another passage says, If you want to be the greatest in the kingdom then you've got to be the servant of all. You want to be the greatest. And, and there's nothing wrong with, be, with desiring to be great in the kingdom. There is something wrong with, with desiring to be great within yourself. See the difference? Because many of us, pride, the world says you need to be great. No, you need to be great in the kingdom so that you can be the servant of all. You should be equipping. The greater you get, the more responsible you have to equip others. Matthew 20, 21 says this, and he, this, this is hilarious, by the way. This is hilarious, because mama gets in on the deal. And you know what happens when mama gets in. No, you didn't with my kids. No, you didn't. Sunday school, mm-mm. You did not just treat my kids like that. Let me tell you. Grant these, he, she said, she came to him to Jesus saying, Grant these two sons of mine, please, por favor, may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your kingdom. And Jesus is like, woman, you don't know what you're asking right there. 
But let me, what she didn't know, let me inform you on what I do and what the Word says. Matthew 25, a few chapters later, verses 31-34, says this, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. Next verse. All the, all the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Anybody got some goats? I got some goats. They'll let you get just close enough, but you can't touch them. They want to have their own way. He will put the sheep on His right, this is your right, and the goats on His left. Last verse. The, then the king will say to those on His right, Come you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom, prepared for you since the creation of the world. Now he says a lot more beautiful things and amazing things for those who are on his right. But here's what he says for those who are on his left in verse 41, I believe. In verse 41 it says, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And mama just went to ask if one could sit on the right and one could sit on the left. Woman, he says twice in Mark and in Matthew, woman, you don't know what it is you're asking. But mama was so blinded by what her kids wasn't going to get. She was adamant that one, at least one, needs to sit on the left. <laughs> and sometimes when Jesus says no, you need to be thankful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that I didn't get that prayer. Whew, thank you, Lord, that you have a better plan for me than what I know. Thank you, Lord. So, time, so many times we wrestle, we get all upset with Jesus, and here he is like, oh, bro, you don't even know what you're asking right now. You, you're on the way to a cursing. You're going you to get hot over there, goat. You're going to get hot where you're going. It ain't going to be easy. So when God says no, hey, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You say you want to be equipped for ministry. Here's the deal. Just start serving. You just start serving somewhere. We just start getting involved. You start getting your gift working. You start, maybe it's not, here's, I don't even know if I like doing that. You just start. Why? Because you're making yourself available. You're becoming a servant. In the midst of that, God starts to give ability. He starts to put His ability inside of you. Why? Because maybe it's because your ability is not even useful sometimes. But your gifting is. There's a difference. So many people want to live out of, their, out of their ability because it's their safety and comfort zone. But when they start working into their gifting outside of their comfort zones of their abilities, God starts to use that gifting and provides ability. We can't think about that. We don't get it on the logical side of things. But when we get to the faithful side of things, remember he's looking for faithful men and women. When we start to get to the faithful side of things, they will be able to do these things i got to take you out of logic, and we got to get into faith a little bit. Do you know church is a faith family, not a logic family? The Lions Club is a logic family. It doesn't have the lion. we got the lion. Right? So we're a faith family. We should be faithful, and faithful men and women serve, and God provides the ability. I don't know, it's not exciting for you, but it's exciting for me. You just start serving. So before... Before I went into, went into full-time missions, let me tell you, I got invited by the pastor. I, I, I was asked 
to, to become and help lead the ESL, English Second Language Kids. And I, let me tell you, it was not easy. It was uncomfortable. I loved the language. I was learning Spanish day and night, learning Spanish. I knew one day I was going to live in a foreign country that spoke Spanish. But this circumstance was not easy for me. Why? Because it was just a different setting. It's in the, it's, one, it deals with youth. And I never, you may think, well, you're young, you're youthful. You must really connect with the youth. I don't. I don't get them. They will sit there, look at you with a blank face, and you're wondering, are they getting any of this? They are. I later found out they are getting it. They don't show emotion in the middle of it. So I, I didn't know all those things. I had to go through all that. So later, later, as I did move into another country, into Honduras, I realized, wait a minute, God used those moments that were very awkward and uncomfortable for me. Though it looked like something that I would be called into, it wasn't exactly, but God he was using it to form me, using my giftings, so that one day when I was walking in the beginning of my calling, I would have some stuff to pull from. Does it make sense? So I did it. And by the way, I'm from the school of thought that, that God delegates authority through his leadership. And let me tell you, that's very unpopular. Why? Because the saints have control issues. Why? Because many leaders have control issues. And all of it gets out of line. Why? Because the old form, the church looked like the world, and is how many people can I get over to control to do what I want them to do? The reality of it is, just like Jesus did, come under them, serve them, and help them to become all God created them to be while shaping kingdom culture and helping them by removing roadblocks of things that just don't work and creating a healthy structure of things that actually do work. And because there's so much confusion and so much control issues, the saints miss so much from healthy leaders that the healthy leaders are trying to delegate to give opportunity according to availability so that God can provi provide ability. And so they're, re they're refusing to be servants and so therefore they're not getting equipped and they're not growing in what they're here to grow in. You see the chaos? It's turmoil. There's turmoil, turmoil all in the church. And the problem just comes to I'm going to trust God by trusting leadership and I'm going to allow God to grow me and take care of the leadership at the same time. That's a perfect system in the kingdom of God. That's a perfect system in the church. And whenever you go through enough with people, you start to develop this trust towards God that no matter what, I'm just going to stay steadfast of what I'm being asked to do and I'm going to let God take care of the rest. Because we see all throughout Scripture that God hardens and softens hearts. Yes. Doesn't He? Yes. And sometimes He hardens hearts to soften our hearts. Yes. And sometimes He softens hearts to lead us and guide us into the direction He ultimately had for us. Yes. You see how God has hearts in His hands? And nobody's above God. Nobody's going to outsmart God. Nobody's going to be stronger than God. God is navigating as He does the waters. Ephesians 4.16 says this, From whom the whole body... Check this out. Here's the question. What are you doing? And are you doing your part? Because are others having to do extra because you're not doing your part? And the answer is yes. You can just all say yes. Right, right there. Yes, others are doing extra because I'm not doing my part. Let me answer that question right now. 
I'm calling you out. Yes, you're on blast. Why? Because I'm trying to break through whatever it is that's keeping you from being all God created you to be. The one way the body grows is by every part doing its share. But here's another way. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. What happens then? Oh, that causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Well, I just wonder why the body's not growing. Why is the church just not growing? Why, why are things on a decline? It's got to be COVID-19. Let me tell you what it's not. It's not COVID-19. It's because every part needs to start doing its share, and it's not. But here's what happens when every part starts to do its share, and you've probably never seen this, every joint supplies, being knit together by what every joint supplies. Let me tell you, there's one thing, whenever one part's over here doing its part, that's, that's, that's good, that's good, but it doesn't cause a lot of growth. You know what does? Is when one part's over here doing its part, and another part's over here doing its part, and then they, they cause a joint effect. That, that's, when, that's when exponential growth starts to happen. And these parts start working together to produce something great. And they're going at it. And they're doing, they're supplying what the church needs for what? To cause growth for the body and the edifying of itself in love. But it doesn't happen when one part's over here and the other part's lying dormant. They join together. They infuse. They're flexible, like a joint. And they're working this thing out, and they are causing a lot of growth. The body grows from what the joint supplies, not from what one person does, what the joint supplies. Now, I have to take my gift and join it with your gift to make a joint, and that joint nourishes the body. I couldn't do all this on my own. I'd be ridiculous to try. But when I start seeing people who are available and they say, I'm ready to serve, and they take their part, and I take my part, and we create a, a moving, a nice, a joint effort, then we start to nourish the body around us. Number three is this. So number one was to be available. Number two is to be a servant. Number three is to be a minister. 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6 says this, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. He's made you sufficient. You're sufficient. You're a saint. And he's like, I don't know how I can say this, but let me figure out some other ways, some other English words to translate from the Greek so that these Americans, these English speakers will actually get it. And he said, well, we've got to come up with some other translations because they don't think they're sufficient yet. So in the NLT says, he's enabled us to be ministers of the new covenant. Did that work? Mm, no, no. Okay, another translation. He's, he's made us comp competent as ministers of the new covenant. Uh, oh my goodness, when are we going to get this thing? Who's also made us 
adequate as servants of a new... You're enabled, you're sufficient, you're competent, you're adequate. You can do it! You can do it! You, you can do it! This is not, this is not the, the sporting goods program where everybody gets a trophy. Alright? It's not going to be that. You won't get celebrated every time you do something. Why? Because Jesus is already equipping you. He's already preparing you. He's already trying. He's giving you gifts as of apostles, teachers, pastors, evangelists, pastors to equip you that hopefully one day, one day when you get to heaven, you'll get that reward. You might get recognized from time to time here. Wonderful. But if you do it for the recognition, then you're doing it for yourself. But if you're doing it for the Lord, Colossians 3, do, it, do everything, everything as unto the Lord. Can you say that you're going to sit in your chair as unto the Lord? <laughs> I'm going to do nothing so that others can do extra as unto the Lord. Hallelujah. You see how I'm helping them, giving them more to do. Where's my donut? <laughs> it's real. It's true. Because you're enabled, you're competent, you're adequate, you're sufficient. It's not even of ourselves anyway, verse 5. It all comes from Him. But you got to be available, you got to be willing to be a servant. Because once you do, God is going to move you to minister. And then these parts are going to start coming together. And these joints are going to be nourished. So they're going to be nourishing the church. They're going to be building the church. They're going to be changing Henderson County. And everything begins to shift. So the question is, where are you at? Are you available? Go to the next slide. Are you available to start doing your part? Are you, are, you, are you ready to grow? I mean, are you really looking for a life that's transformed? Because these next six weeks, we got a place for your part. You can text this number. We'll, we'll give you an on-ramp for that. We're providing, we're equipping Tuesday and Wednesday night from 5.30 to 8.30. It's free to you. We're, we're providing food, providing everything, by the way. All we're trying to do is serve you and support you and come under you to equip you to be you. Text grow. Get joined in. We'd love to see you here Tuesday and Wednesday night. You want, to be, you want your life, your family to be transformed for real? Are you tired of doing the, living the same old cycles over and over in your life? Are you tired of being complacent? Man, join us. The week after next, right here for a family-style Thrive Tribe, small group. We're going to eat together. We're going to learn together. We're going we're gonna to take it down and wrestle these truths of seven spiritual truths together as a small family. We're going to do this thing. 
Because you're saints. We're here to be equipped. We're here to do the work of the ministry. If you will, just stand up. I want, I'm going to ask every one of you, every one of you to grab one of these cards and fill it out. Every one of you. I don't, just pray over it. Man, I don't know, I don't know if I can do that. But maybe my gifting says that I can. And maybe there's something in there I can learn and grow in so that whatever God takes me to next, I'll be even more sufficient, even more adequate, even more competent. You just start somewhere. I mean, fill it out. Even if you want to put on that bottom line, I'd rather be a goat. <laughs> I just want to know because I want to know who my goats are. I'm serious. Because I love you. And I'm giving everything I got to grow you. But I didn't even know who the sheep are. And I didn't even know who the goats are. I'm going to love you the same. And I'm going to be here waiting for those goats to transform into a sheep. And I'm going to equip every individual that comes through here. And it might be a little uncomfortable because I am an equipper. And I will continue to equip. I'm a gift. <laughs> That keeps on giving. <laughs> Allie takes that as in, yeah, your money. But <laughs> we jokingly, it's true, it's true. But it's only going to get uncomfortable because I'm trying to do my part. And if you don't want to do your part, I don't want, I don't not want you. I want you here. Because I'm hoping that the culture influences you one day that you'll have an aha moment and you'll start to realize, wait a minute, I have a part. But the only discomfort is me trying to do my part. So I love you. And I truly am here for you. I equipped 12 people to be on the altar team this week. I, I equipped them to hear the Lord. I equipped them to realign you back to it being in agreement with the Lord. It was an amazing time. But that's what I'm here to do. And I'm looking for some saints to go out to war with me so we can do something that actually makes a difference and stop talking about making a difference. Are you with me? So let's just pray. I'm going to pray for you. Holy Spirit, here's the question. What are you saying to each one of us today? What is it that you're asking of us in being available, being a servant, so that you can bring your ability in this lost and hurting world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.